This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports. I'm Kurt Heelan, managing editor of the NBA page, and today, this is actually going to be a fun one. Drew Dinsick, who uh, works for NBC as one of the handicappers, if you follow NBC Sports Edge, where there's fantasy and handicapping info, you know who he is. Really smart uh, basketball mind who follows this closely, is watching the playoffs and, and looking for edges, and Thought we'd bring him in and take a handicapper's view of the finals, uh, or the finals, the NBA playoffs as we head towards the finals. Uh, Drew, thanks for jumping in. It's 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 great to have you in all the way from down the street. It turns out <laughs> it's great to be here. Uh, and I honestly, uh, this is the eve of probably the most exciting playoffs that I can remember of my life. Usually, we're at this point in the season, and we're you know, there's two or three teams that you have circled as these are realistic title contenders. This year, it feels wide open. I mean, the West is a little less competitive than a normal year, but the East, you have, you know, you can make a case for five, six teams, really. And um, and then similarly, uh, you know, the, 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 just the, as you look across the the odds for all of these series, it speaks to that. They, you know, the only series that's truly lopsided is Bucks, Bulls. Everything else is going to be pretty competitive. So, um, this is going to be a really fun next couple of months as we get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think that the East is that's part of, part of the fun of the East is I can make a case for or against everybody. But let's start with the team getting the mad disrespect, if you ask our fan base. Um, well, they all think that, I guess. But the Miami Heat are actually third or fourth longest odds to, to win it all, uh, depending on I, I didn't look this morning at points bet, but I think they were third longest behind. Uh, I know they're behind the Bucks and, and Celtics. Is that fair to them or have they not earned the trust that they can make that kind of run? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's not fair. I mean, I don't think these are fair prices. I think that the market is a little tilted. Um, that doesn't mean that they're, you know, that I have strong conviction that they're going to ultimately win. This is all simply a matter of like, is the number right? Um, that's, you know, it, j- just in general, the philosophy of, um, you know, kind of placing wagers in the futures market. I'm looking to try to capture best price available for the teams that I think have a realistic shot over the balance of the season. And usually by the time we get to this point and we know the path for every team, I'm usually looking at the board and I'm shrugging my shoulders like, yep, everything looks fair. Yep, no edges. You know, you know, glad, glad I bet it when I bet it in January, December, whenever. Um, that's not really the case, though, this year. I do think there is value on the Heat. Heat currently tied for... Uh, third best odds with the Brooklyn Nets um, behind the Celtics, behind the Bucks, And, you know, it, it's surprising to see it shaped up this way for a couple reasons. Um, 
I think you look at the other contenders in the Eastern Conference, namely the Sixers, Raptors, Bulls, and presumably the Hawks, uh, and they all have pretty fatal flaws, particularly in a best-of-seven series. And if you then boil down to, okay, well, these other four teams, the Bucks, Celtics, Nets, Heat, um, they all have, you know, they, they check every box in terms of a team that would, could, uh, you know, potentially win the conference. Well, the way that the, the bracket is shaped, the Heat are only going to have to play one of those teams. Celtics yeah. are going to have to play three. Nets would have to play three. Bucks would have to play two. Um, and so the Heat have an absolute, you know, beyond just the home court advantage of being able to, you know, pr- presumably have a game seven at home in a tight series. Um, but they have, you know, the advantage of being able to presumably accumulate rest if they can get through their series round one, round two, a little bit cleaner than the likes of the Celtics Nets. Um, you know, the, the re- every reasonable expectation is that the Celtics Nets is going to be just an absolute war. I mean, that one is going to be so fun to watch. There are so many angles to pick apart from a handicapping from a just from an analyst standpoint. Um, but the idea that either of those teams runs the other over in short order, I find tough to believe. So there's going to be some attrition. There's going to be some fatigue that accumulates yeah. in that series. And then what is the prize for either of those teams that wins? Well, it's presumably a fresh Bucks team. And, you know, the idea that that would be a short series is also a tough ask, particularly if Boston has home court against the Bucs in, in that particular setup. And so, you know, the, there's there's going to be, um, you know, some damage that accrues with the other three teams at the top that the Heat just aren't going to have to deal with. And, you know, it, it, the Heat broadly well coached, broadly yeah. r- relatively deep. Um, you know, they had, you know, that doesn't ever really manifest an edge in the playoffs because, you know, lineups, you know, rotations shorten um, and your top, you know, your top line talent, your your closing five tends to matter more. Um, but the Heat, with their depth, have lots of different combinations they can try. Eric Spolster has been, you know, has proven to be, in my opinion, at least uh, one of the best coaches in the Eastern yeah. Conference, if not all of the NBA. And uh, he's got this team in a great spot, really, to to make a little bit of a run. Um, my fair price for the Heat in an Eastern Conference Finals against the likes of the Celtics, Nets, or Bucks would be um, about a pick 'em. And you know, so the fact that you yeah. can get them at plus four fifty now and presumably pick 'em in that same exact situation in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it, to me at least it, it makes sense as as far as a a fair play. So um, what's your general read? Yeah, on the heat? yeah. See, I think the, you talk about the depth, what that gives them is scheme versatility, right? Like you can, they can roll out different lineups and different looks and throw different guys at you. And, and it's the advantage that someone like Eric Spolster can take advantage of. Hey, I think the Clippers are sort of built the same way. They're not going to yeah, beat sure. the They're not going to beat the Suns in the first round, assuming they even beat the Pelicans, but they're not going to make it easy on you, right? Like, Hey, we can come at you. You want to go small? We can go small. You want to go bigger? We can go bigger. The heat have some of that. They can come at you a variety of ways. My question with them, it just comes down to, can they generate enough offense in the half court? If you have to have Tyler hero out there to do that, now I've got a place to attack. So I, you, you really need bubble Jimmy Butler back, right? <laughs> like you need that. You need yeah. the Jimmy Butler who could just tear teams. Up. But if he's there, Watch out, man. Like, like I, I'm with you. I think this team is a little undervalued because I think that they are fully capable of coming out of the East. And like you said, they're going to get 
what should be a relatively winnable, comfortable first round series. And then they, you know, we'll see what comes out of the four or five series there. I don't think that's easy, obviously, by any stretch. Um, and we'll talk about that series. But the path is there for them to get through. And if, if you're getting peak Jimmy Butler and you're getting the half court offense you need, they certainly have the defense. They certainly can play, you know, everything else is right there for them. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that people are kind of looking past them because I don't know if we're looking at the sexy, shiny new objects or, or what, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's a, there's a tendency of a lot of people who make picks to look at a series and take the best player. And yeah. say, well, you know, this team has the best player. I'm going to back them. Um, that's guiding a lot of people to say the Nets are going to beat the Celtics. That'll guide a lot of people to say the Bucks would beat the Celtics. That'll guide people to say any of those three teams will beat the Heat. That'll yeah. guide people to say the Sixers would beat the Heat if that's your one-four matchup, right? Um, and the reality is this, this Heat team, you know, number one in our lifetime recently they proved exactly they've proved that they can overcome that with the bubble run they went on to the eastern to the finals um and then number two uh, the if you look at kind of isolate the stretch of basketball that they played between the all-star break and the end of the season they went head-to-head with a bunch of these teams every basically every one of them they went head-to-head and they got the better of them and a lot of those situations were uh, disadvantaged. They had a rest disadvantage. They were on the road. They were up against full strength Bucks, yeah. Celtics, Nets, Sixers, and they got wins. And I, you know, I don't know what else they have to do to prove that they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, ultimately, um, I don't. You know, sitting here today, uh, you know, I think that they're the right play in the futures market based on price alone. Um, you know, but uh, but still, it's it's not going to be easy considering how crowded this conference is. No, in fact, their first round matchup. Are you one of those people? Because I've kind of come over to this side that I think it might be Atlanta. Just the way Cleveland is stumbling, you you could end up with those. I I got a feeling the Hawks are capable. I, maybe it's recency bias because they got such a great game from DeAndre Hunter. Um, yeah. You know, I kind of know Trey, Trey was going to play, but I didn't know. I was worried about them without John Collins. I think not having John Collins hurts them in a series against somebody like Miami, but one night against a stumbling Cleveland team that really misses um, mm. Jared Allen. I, I That's going to be an entertaining game, but uh, that's one where the star power might win out. Yeah. And you know, again, kind of anything can happen in one game. Yeah, we've seen how important home court is through these four games. Yeah, um, and you know, so I don't, I don't want to completely write off Cleveland, who's a small underdog in this game. But if you've watched any Cleveland basketball since Jared Allen went down, this is not a playoff team. It's if they get in, it will be by the grace of some, you know, the ball bouncing their way in this game. But yeah. uh, I think the the Hawks are the rightful road favorite, and. Um, yeah. You know, I have had a love-hate relationship with them over the balance of this season because <laughs> uh, it was pretty easy to see the fade on them early. Um, they had a they had they had a absolutely wicked first third of the season schedule, yes. both from a rest disadvantage and a, and strength of opponent. Um, and they got they got whipped, uh, but they righted the ship went well enough to um you know to have the opportunity to play their way in and you know it's a team that does have experience of winning two playoff series last year so i don't think you can dismiss them 
you know, out of hand. So it's, it's, uh, it's tough for me to see them losing this game to the Cleveland, but it's also very tough for me to, for me to see them beating the heat four times based on some of the, this father's day, the home Depot has same day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Limitations they have defensively, especially. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the, the series. Everybody, you mentioned it. I think this has been the series everybody's watching. Uh, closely, Brooklyn Nets at Boston Celtics. I, this is one of those series where, if Robert Williams were healthy, I think, I think a lot of people would be more confident in Boston's ability to at least slow Brooklyn down enough to beat them because Brooklyn doesn't get a lot of stops. Does it? How much does it change your mind, or how much do you think that that's uh, impacts the the series? Yeah, Robert Williams is. M- to me at least less of a concern in this series as he will will be potentially if they move on and face the bucks in round two um the he 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 provided sort of the kind of key fulcrum for what they wanted to do defensively as they matured over the balance of the season to being the best defensive team in the nba he was, you know, Marcus Spart is looks like he's probably going to get the defensive player of the year award right now. That's fine. That's fair. He was amazing. You know, he he his he deserves accolades for his you know dynamic, uh, you know, ability against every level of player. But without Rob Williams, I don't know that that defense is number one in the NBA at the end of the season. Um, and so, surely it's going to be more difficult for them to, uh, you know, keep the Nets in check offensively. Um, particularly with, you know, with if Kyrie Irving, one of the fresher set of legs across the NBA. And that definitely has mattered. Fatigue has been a big, big deal this season. Uh, 82 game season has worn these guys down to a nub. With a short, well, the short, the the short (laughs) run up, like this is the second year in a row with a shorter than usual off season. And there's absolutely burnout in both legs and just kind of mentally. Yeah. All right. And on top of the Olympics being wedged in that tiny window, I mean, everything about it was kind of the Widowmaker perfect storm for, uh, you know, these guys to be beaten up. Um, Kyrie's not wearing that same 
that same fatigue. <laughs> so no, he is he's going to be he's and he's a tough matchup in general for for Boston. I mean, they you know, they they have length, they have good ability to to switch, but um, you know, he can create a shot in so many different ways that he is very 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 tough to truly limit. Now, all of that said, the market is pricing this like it's about a 50-50 series, or at least it opened that way. It opened some places with Brooklyn as a favorite. Uh, it's getting bet in the direction of the Celtics, where the Celtics are now kind of in the 140, minus 140 range. So the market is basically telling you they have about a 60% chance to win the series. I'm a little bit higher than them on than them on that. Um, I'm like 65-ish percent. Um, and this feels like deja vu all over again with a series we saw last year between the Suns and the Lakers. Uh, Lakers were pretty clearly not the same, not the team that was expected to kind of get to the playoffs. People were like, well, they'll flip the switch. They have LeBron. Like, you know, what have the Suns done? Right. Like, oh, they just put up a great statistical season and they got the two seed big whoop. Uh, They never won a playoff series. I'm, you know, the Lakers were tilted in the betting markets that entire playoff series. Um, And, you know, they, they, of course, injuries, played a huge role in how this series ultimately played out. But, um, you know, it, it, this feels a lot like that, where you have a complete team that has done everything that's been asked of them, that's proven it time and again throughout the balance of the regular season, cons- you know, consistently getting better, didn't yeah. peak too early. And they're taking on a Nets team that just has never really found their form. And, you know, the, the Nets were 10-point favorites against the Cavaliers. On the play in the playing game in the seven eight playing game, they had home court advantage. They got an awesome performance out of Bruce yeah. Brown. Yeah. Brown was awesome. Yeah, he was. Game. He's actually played some really great games down the stretch. Period. Like not yeah, just that I, one. yeah, yeah, absolutely. They got a great performance out of Brown. Nick Claxton showed up. He was a factor. Um, Kyrie Irving didn't miss a shot for like three quarters. <laughs> yep. And yet that game was still kind of in the balance with a couple minutes to play. And, you know, as we kind of mentioned, like Cleveland's not really a playoff you know, material and, yeah. you know, still the Nets struggle to get that game won and done. And uh, so I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm worried about this Nets team living up to the expectations. Um, and if it happens, it's literally, you know, if they beat the Celtics in this series, my general feeling and prediction is it's because Kyrie Irving has so much left in the tank and the Celtics just are a little bit you know, a little bit fatigued from how hard they've played down the stretch of the season. But I think you're spot on about look, missing Robert Williams against the Bucks or even against the Heat with Bam. Like, or, you know, th- there's other series where his versatility and switchability defensively is huge. A little less so. I mean, yes, you'd love to be able to switch him on to Kevin Durant's points, but Kevin Durant's going to get Kevin Durant's buckets yeah. <laughs> regardless of what you do with him. Um, and I'm with a, I'm with you. I just... And by the way, I know Ben Simmons in theory comes back in game, you know, now he's talking about game four or something. I don't, I don't <laughs> see how that makes it. I mean, I, I, on paper, yeah, he's great. He has not played in a game in a year. And last time we saw him play, I'm going to do is put him back in the highest leverage, highest pressure situation. And let's see how he does. Cause last time he saw playoff pressure, that went so well. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm not sure that that really makes the kind of impact they're hoping for. Um, maybe next year maybe with a, a season under him and, and stuff that that changes my feeling about it, but not getting dropped cold into this playoff series. Um, I just, they don't get enough stops and Boston. Yeah. I, 
Boston's offense isn't super elite, but they've got two elite wings who are going to go get buckets, right? Jalen, you know, Jason Tatum's a all NBA bottom of the MVP ballot season. Jalen mm-hmm. Brown can put up 40 on any given night. Um, they've got shooters. Like I just, I, they'll score enough against what's a pretty bad defense that I just can't see Brooklyn, Brooklyn winning a game or two because their guys went off. Sure. But I can't see them. I can't see them sustaining it over yeah. seven games. No, I, I agree with basically everything you just said. Ben Simmons does not move the needle for me at all in this yeah. series or these playoffs. Um, in theory, it was a, it's a good fit. Yes. Long-term bringing him in, moving Harden for him long-term great decision. If you can keep, you know, Durant healthy and, and Kyrie Irving sticks around, that's a good fit. You need shooters though, because he's a non-shooter. Um, he is an offensive problem for you that yeah. you have to solve. And the only way you, you solve it well by having KD and Kyrie on the floor, but you need two other shooters with him on the floor. And the way that the Nets roster is constituted, they just don't have that right now. Um, they're not yeah. getting anywhere close to enough out of Patty Mills or Goran Dragic to be able to run a small ball five, nope. you know, with Durant playing the five and, or you know, with Ben Simmons effectively playing the five uh, and then four guys that can create offense around them. They're, they're just not good. They're not good enough defensively. You said it. And yeah. I, you know, realistically, the mindset of the coaching staff, the mindset of the players has to be, you know, we need to go get 130 tonight because yep. they're going to give up a lot of points. Yeah, uh, they they miss Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Joe yeah. he's, he's he fits piece. right in. I mean, yeah. Seth Curry has been great for them, but Joe Harris would change that dynamic in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Drew, we're not going to waste your valuable time discussing the Bucks and Bulls, right? Like I, in Chicago, especially with the injuries, but they just kind of, I think they cut, everybody's talking about how they fell apart. To me, they kind of regressed closer to what we, this is kind of where I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be five, six, seven. I thought they'd be a pretty good team. I didn't think they could stop that many people. I, I've, they're better than I thought they were at the start of the season. And next year, Lonzo Ball stays healthy. Another year, Patrick Williams, maybe they're better than I think, but they're going to get yeah the gentleman sweep like goes in five yeah but, um. yeah that's that's uh that's my general feeling as well um my the only kind of commentary i really have for this game the bucks are two to one right now to win a very crowded eastern conference that's not correct they they are well well overpriced by market right now considering how these guys played down the stretch um yeah if you look at kind of player level advanced statistics and just sort of game by game stuff um drew holiday is kind of tailing off uh chris middleton he had a down season broadly uh even Giannis has started to show some cracks and i think the fact that they had such a deep run last year combined with middleton and drew going to you know, the, the Olympic experience and then, you know, basically playing this entire season without, uh, you know, without Lopez so that the, they, they all had added, you know, added yep. usage added you know, more, more, um, uh, more was asked of them. And, you know, it's, I think that they are a little bit fragile bucks right now. And I think that in general, the market is overpricing them. Um, my dream scenario as a better is cause I'm all about like market, buy low, sell high. That's my fundamental philosophy and all this stuff. I really hope the Bucks just utterly work the Bulls. Like, I hope it's not competitive. 
and that this overprice that exists currently for the bucks gets even worse. <laughs> and, you know, that the idea of, you know, them just, you know, beating up on an unworthy opponent in the Bulls, or at least just a, a, a beaten down, a, yeah. an injured opponent in the Bulls, and then turning around and drawing, uh, you know, drawing the Celtics or the Nets next round as, you know, kind of a sharpened, uh, informed team. Um, you know, they're going to have their hands full and the market's going to make them a road favorite in that series. So I'm kind of excited for that opportunity in round two to bet against this, um, uh, this Bucks team. Uh, and I just, uh, you know, I, I just need to cross my fingers that, uh, things play out as we expect. Yeah. I think with the Bucks, the bet is, or the belief I should say is this is a team that can flip the switch like that, right. that, that they have treated the regular season like champions tend to treat the regular season which is eh i'm not inter- you know i'm not that interested we'll be fine i i'm curious though if they'll be able to do that when it when it does really matter so um it's yeah but not I, again but the first round i'm with you this is not competitive and the bulls are the bulls are a nice story they are a better team than they were they're building something there but we'll see uh Move on to the since we're in the East, the other series. Drew, maybe I just miss Game of Thrones, so I'm fully in <laughs> We the North mode. Um, I, I I am ready to travel north, but uh, I, I sneakily like the Raptors here. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I anyone that feels that way, I'm not going to talk them out of it because it's pretty clear that, um, you know, the. They have been underrated by the market for almost this entire season. No one expected them to be a top five seed in the East. I think their preseason win total was like 36 games or something. Yeah. Um, they threw a lot of people off their scent because they played last season in Tampa and it was effectively a tank. And, you know, they, and, oh, yeah. and, and, old, oh, what, oh, what do you know? They get Scotty Barnes out of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like it ends up, you know, basketball gods did not uh, shun them for tanking last year, but, you know, I guess playing in Tampa was punishment enough. Um, but the, um, the general, uh, you know, vibe of this Raptors team is flexibility, athleticism, size, length, um, hustle. Like yeah. they, they, they kind of embody switchable. Every, yeah. Switchable. And they, they embody everything, you know, good veteran leadership in Van Vliet and Siakam. Like these guys are champions. Like, you know, they, they have everything. They check every box for like, a live underdog surely and who do they draw well they drew they drew a team that has perennial disappointments in james harden and you know playoff perennial disappointment in joel Embiid. even maybe that's not fair but i, I guess I, I got a feeling and, he's gonna have he's gonna have they don't really have a great matchup for him so like i think he could have a massive series oh he he better <laughs> I mean, he, he, yeah he's gonna have to do it all himself really because harden looks completely out of form uh, you know the aging curve that clearly hit russell westbrook last year and has gotten even more serious this year looks like the same aging curve may be hitting harden uh he's just a little bit behind um and you know he's you know it, we i've seen shocking shocking decision making by defenses facing the sixers who are like oh um yeah, we'll give Harden space. We are not worried at all about you blowing by us trying to get to the hoop anymore. Your burst, your speed, it's just not there. And his step back three is, you know, 
slightly less efficient than it was. He's not getting the calls that he used to. And so his offensive game just isn't close to what he was two seasons ago, on top of the fact that his defensive game is a massive liability. And that puts a ton of pressure on Embiid, too, because he forces the switches uh, you know, away from him. And the cast of characters they have around those guys just isn't as good as what we were promised. Um, Tobias Harris clearly is nowhere close to uh, you know, the level of player that he was a couple of seasons ago when they almost beat the Raptors. Um, so realistically, this is, you know, this is a uh, a short, this feels like a, a series that could go sideways badly for the Sixers. Um, ho- however, yeah, <laughs> I didn't, exactly. I did not, I didn't bet the, I didn't, I haven't bet the Raptors. I haven't touched them. Yeah. And I think realistically, uh, the Raptors have, a real advantage the farther the series goes distance wise game six they get at home no thibel game yep. seven you get doc rivers and harden in a do or die situation which generally has been favorable for your opponent uh, so <laughs> i i think realistically the raptors need to find a way to get to two wins before uh you yeah. know before the the sixers can get to four <laughs> and so if it's at if it's three two if it's two two uh sixers are in deep trouble but yeah. that doesn't mean the sixers and Embiid going nuclear couldn't win this series four one no i i think that that's the matchup where they're just if the shooting is knocking down stuff around him if we get a you know if you put throw have to start throwing everything at Embiid and then Korkmaz and everybody else starts knocking down shots, you got a chance. That that is still a not a great defensive team. Again, I think there's places to attack them, but they do have Thibault. They do have a very good defensive center at Embiid. But I'm the more I look at this, the more I think Toronto's a just a real problem for them. And it's because of that depth and that versatility, right? Like, yeah, Pascal Siakam's the their best player, but they can attack you with a variety of guys. Van Vliet is both a really underrated defender, but also a, a guy who can go get you points one night and create offense. And they've got guys who can finish. And Scotty Barnes is Scotty Barnes has just really morphed at the end of the season, hasn't he? Like he's just yes, yeah, just really taken off into a guy they can trust to make plays. There's there's just a lot to like there, and I'm I've just come to not trust these 76ers. Like you said, James Harden doesn't look. I don't know if this was the season or if at 32 and burning the candle at both ends for a long time is caught up. I'm not sure what's going on there, but I'm not. This is a bad matchup for him because, man, that's a team that can roll out a lot of long athletic defenders. And and Harden will get – look, Harden will get his, but he's going to have to work for it. And like you said, I don't – his playoff history is not uh, confidence-inspiring. Yeah. No. No, I, I think one of the thing about this series, I think last Thursday's game was pretty instructive. Uh, Philly went up to Toronto. They were at full strength minus uh, Thibault. Yeah. Toronto had no Fred Van Vliet, uh, no OG Ananobi. Yeah. And so basically they started the, they, they started the game with uh, a center and four forwards on the floor <laughs> like yeah. it was it yeah. was a what is the what was you know like I, I think I watched the first six minutes of that game Raptors had about two points and I was like what was nurse what was the plan here man like what what are we, what are we doing like yeah. who, who's and you know what what was the idea about that offense it didn't make sense well 
Nick Nurse made a couple of adjustments after, you know, about the eight-minute mark. And the Raptors end up with 119 points. They beat the Sixers by five. The Sixers, if the Sixers win that game, they win the Atlantic and they take home, you know, they get home court advantage over whoever they face in round two and maybe even round three if something happens to the Heat. So, you know, they get the two seed. And instead, they uh, played a very uninspiring you know, seven eighths of that game and, uh, you know, lost to a team in the Raptors in that moment that didn't have their point guard. <laughs> like it was it, not just in their backup point guard only played 12 minutes. <laughs> so uh, they have, you know, but the, the other side of the coin there is all these guys, Trent Barnes, Siakam, yep. they can all handle the ball well and yep. they can all do the role. They can all, you know, ha- you know, they can all, take on the role of distributor shot creator run the offense siakam finished that game with a triple double he had 12 assists uh and you know if you have a player with that kind of um uh you know if you have a roster i guess with that kind of uh versatility and you have a coach in nick nurse who's i have huge huge respect for and yeah. who generally has um you know excellent vision excellent uh you know um, in-game, in-series adjustment history, then, uh, yeah, the longer the series goes, the deeper trouble Philly is in. Yeah. You get to game six and seven, I just trust Nick Nurse a lot more than I, than I do Doc and, and history's there. Uh, that's It's going to be an interesting East, though. I think you're right. The second round, if that ends up being Boston versus uh, Milwaukee, uh, Robert Williams' return, that, that's where they'll need him. But, man, Oof. that series is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and even whoever comes out of 4-5 against the Heat. I like this is just the East is really entertaining. In a way I'm not totally sure the West is Drew. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll look at it. Actually, we'll start there. I The Clippers are I know of I know a 4-point favorite going in against the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans have a shot in this one. I just the way CJ McCollum has them kind of rallied. Uh, look, the Clippers, I think, will play better. They still got they're, they're a tight team. They're a high IQ team. They're veterans. They've been in big moments. Uh, they've still got Paul George, but I, there's some spunkiness about the Pelicans right now. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. They're tough to figure out as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had a very easy finish to the season schedule wise, but it coincided with. Um, everybody figuring out their role and responsibility and playing really well. <laughs> so they are, a, you know, they may be a little overrated, but at the same time, um, you know, as you saw last night, uh, when it looks good, it looks really good. And they have good spacing. CJ McCollum can find his, uh, you know, his shot relatively easily considering who else he's on the floor with. Uh, Brandon Ingram is yeah. as good as we remember him being, even though we haven't seen him, and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't had a health a healthy season. Doesn't change the fact that he is still kind of maturing and getting closer to his peak as a player. So, um, you know, he is he's an, he's a dangerous, dangerous weapon. And you know, I think the market seems very convinced that the Clippers are going to win that game. And I am not feeling great about that. <laughs> yeah, I I think the Clippers look. I think they should be the favorite. I I trust that they're going to hit a certain level of performance and they've kind of, they've kind of done that all year, but this is how I felt about even with Paul George back. This is how I felt about them all year, which is that's a good team. 
they're hard to play against. They've got a great coach. They, they, they did a fantastic job making Carl Anthony Towns' life. I mean, if it wasn't for Anthony Edwards kind of having a breakout night, Clippers are in as the, you know, Clippers are going up against Memphis. And all that said, I just, there's a ceiling to how good they are right now. Without Kawhi Leonard, there's just, there's a cap on them. We agree. Yeah. And it's, it, they have, they're well coached. They're, they are, they do have a lot of this, a lot of the same things we talked about with, you know, in the same context as the Heat and as the same context as the Raptors. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the, when the going got tough against the Timberwolves in that fourth quarter and the, you yep. know, the, the, they needed to find offense. It was literally like, no, you shoot, no, you shoot, no, you shoot. Yeah. You know, and it's it, and in those moments, if the offense stalls like that, then you got a problem. And I, we've seen that a little bit from them all season. I mean, I've go to a number of Clipper games and watch them out here. And uh, it's that's that fourth quarter having to move the ball to find offense that against a good defense that starts to struggles. We'll see if they can pull it off. Then Drew, we get into the series where it's all. Uh, it feels like it's all about the injury report. <laughs> yeah, Golden State, Denver. Uh, I know that um, the always reliable um, Draymond Green came out and said on a podcast today that basically he thinks Clay uh, Steph Curry's ready to go, that he'll be good to go. Obviously, that swings this series pretty dramatically, one way or the other, because the. The Warriors' offense is just so dependent upon the the gravity of Curry to open up everything. Yeah, yeah. the The general read on Curry is tough. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if I'm the Warriors, I think we may be better off over the balance of these playoffs if we let some of the younger guys get their feet wet in real situations. Um, if Poole and Kaminga have to carry some of the offensive load for this team in a series that you should win pretty comfortably against, uh, you know, you, you know, you have the league MVP obviously in Jokic, but the, the rest of that Nuggets squad is absolutely, um, you know, n- no better than, uh, um, you know, your teams that are finishing at the top of the lottery here. Yeah. So it's pretty, you know, it would be, it would be pretty surprising for a team like the Warriors who have a player in Draymond Green who matches up well against their best player in Jokic from a defensive versus offensive standpoint. Um, you should be able to get this series done in short order, even if Curry continues to, to, to stay on the sidelines. If you want to integrate Curry towards the end of the series, so he can get back, you know, get some reps and and get some, uh, you know, get his get some conditioning back on the floor, that makes sense to me. Um, but I think I would exercise caution with Curry in games one and two in this series. See if you can get Poole and Kuminga and some of these guys to, you know, really embrace their continue, you know, br- embrace the roles that you established for them in the regular season, carry those into the playoffs, get their, you know, get them in the high, you know, high energy, high intensity environment, get them, uh, that experience. And then, um, and then the warriors are a tough out all of a sudden. So, yeah, you know, I think it, it, today, Thursday, we're expecting to learn one way or the other about Curry and the, in the, in the shoot, the, the walk around or the, you know, the shoot around the yeah. walkthrough. 
if I'm guessing if he doesn't participate, then he's not going to go in game one. Does that sound right? Uh, that was the, they were going to they're they're running yeah, like you said a walk through a little scrimmage today, and Steve Kerr basically said that basically he said hey we're going to see how he does how he feels then we're going to see how he responds like the next day and they said his thing was by Friday morning we'll know like one way or the other so I imagine we'll hear something out of practice today and then uh, get something more definitive on Friday and with you there's not a huge need to rush I, although I don't know how Denver's been feisty all year and Jokic is a problem and be careful giving teams life but at the end of the day without Murray um, without Porter they're just talk about a team with a ceiling like the, the get, <laughs> getting this far was really impressive and an amazing job by Jokic and, and guys stepping up and hitting some shots but sure th- this is sure. a tough this is a tough spot for them more yep. more even maybe more dangerous though Dallas is going up against a Utah team that just seems to be in its own head they have they are the kings of blown leads they are really struggling but there's still talent there. And if you don't have Jokic, I mean, if you don't have Doncic at the start of this series for a couple of games and you give Utah life, uh-oh. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> I just don't, like the potential of Utah is still there if you start to, if you think that they can flip that switch and kind of find themselves again. Yeah. And um, what's interesting about this team, because the Jazz, that is, they fit the mold of a lot of teams we've seen over the years. They had some outstanding regular season success. The metrics were screaming. This team, these te- this team is out is elite. Um, and yeah. then you get into a playoff best of seven series and you find out that you're solvable. And yeah. it happened now multiple playoff runs in a row. And even, you know, in, in some situations where you had huge circumstantial advantages last year without Kawhi on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And it still didn't, you know, still didn't bounce your way. Um, and this season, they take a step backwards in terms of overall team efficiency in a lot of categories. And, you know, you start to hear swirling talk about, I don't know, do they really like each other? Like, it's just time to blow it up. Like, they bring in Danny Ainge, who presumably would be the catalyst for, you know, finding a way to really shuffle the roster. Oh, Danny Ainge is known as patient, Drew. He's a (laughs) calm, relaxed guy. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I'll (laughs) say that much. Yeah, Um, well, among the the changes that I think are coming to Utah this offseason, there will be fewer cooks. Yeah, just have to warning. I'm more, I'm just... We'll, I'm sense. not sure how deep, again, if they get bounced in the first round or frankly, even the second, and it's not competitive, yeah. um, changes are coming. And I'll just say that's the front office changes are one of the big ones I heard, but how that deep that well goes remains to be seen. Yeah. So we sit here and we know all of this about this team. And yet they are still good enough, talented enough, dynamic enough that they can be a problem and a difficult yeah. out. What you said I that resonated to me really was if things go sideways, that's the catalyst for these guys are already ready to quit yep. and they just need some reason, right? And yeah, if they are now meaningful favorites to a Dallas team without Luka in game one and two, 
and they lose those games, like Quinn Snyder really going to get these guys to get up in that locker room for game three and, and rescue this series. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it seems like all, like this is like a, that all of the kindling is there. The gasoline was sprayed all over the place and like all it needs is a match at this point. Yeah. And if they win this series, uh, you know, the, the guy puts the match back in the box and takes a couple steps away. Right. Yeah. But he's always kind of like around the corner and, um, you know, so they are a dangerous team in both, you know, volatile in both directions. Um, I don't have any interest in them from a future standpoint or no. in this series. Uh, a lot of people have made big plays on them who had information about Luca before it was public, um, moved the market pretty significantly. Um, I don't disagree with the current price at all. Um, and my dream scenario, if I was, if I was, you know, if I was in the uh, writer's room for the, uh, you know, for the NBA playoffs and they were asking me for a script for this series, I would give them Dallas splits at home. No Luca. Dallas loses game three and game four without Luca. He comes back for Dallas game five, plays guts through it, gets them to a win, pulls a miraculous comeback in game six, and then it's game seven, full strength in Dallas uh, against a team that's ready to quit, in which case Mavericks finally get their the long-coveted uh, round one series win for Luka Doncic. Like, that would be a very cool thing for basketball. Um, and I'm hopeful that we see him at some point in this series. Yeah. My read on his availability is I think he almost certainly misses game one and two. We're talking about Saturday early game, yeah, which would mean that the, they're going to be they're the, the first game on game, right? Saturday. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Monday, we have not seen the full schedule yet, but they will probably go Monday, possibly Tuesday. Yeah. The way that they usually if you're the first game on Saturday, it usually trickles into you play Monday. Okay. Yep. You get two days off, you play Thursday, you play Saturday. So I think you're talking about a little over a week and change of rest there. That's probably not enough. So no. game five would be Tuesday, the 26th, I believe. Yeah. I, I would think circle that on your calendar. I think that realistically, I think that is when Luca could presumably come back. Um, and I think the pressure, you know, if assuming that the Mavericks don't get swept, which is not a zero chance, but it's, let's assume that they win one of those three, four, first four games, uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Luca to take the court, irrespective of the severity of the injury, I would yeah. guess. Yeah, it, 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 Jeff Stotts had this, that the average was 16 days, uh, which Oof. would for, for, but the problem is the calf strains, it's so, it could be three days, it could be, you know, three weeks, it, it, it's such a uh, an injury with variance because of the complexity of the calf muscle and, every, and everything else. If if it ends up being that, and you, you're right, I think that there starts to be real pressure on him to come back around game four, game five, depending on where that where that series stands at that point. 16, ga- 16 days is the 26th. That would be game five. Yeah, so that that's the average. Um, I think that you'd see him push through and what we do know about Luca is a playoff performer. <laughs> yeah. And B his game isn't based. It's not like bringing, well, I was cause I'm trying to think of the ripers. John Morant comes back from a calf injury. Like, is he still explosive? Is he still like you, you, your guys whose gamers based on that pure athleticism, 
but that's not who Doncic is, right? Like he's at more athletic than you think, but his game isn't based on being able to just jump out of the gym against everybody. So uh, he, he should be able to walk back in and play at a pretty high level. By the way, Drew, I am fully enjoying the Dallas, like going full <laughs> NHL. It's a lower leg injury, basically. Right? Like, <laughs> uh, and then my favorite was still Jason Kidd in the press conference. And they're like, well, what grade is the sprain? And he's like, those things have grades. Like he, he played yeah. dumb. Like there were calf grade sprains. I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, as long as we get to see him play, yeah, he's, I, been, yeah. he's, he's been performing at he was, top three. Yeah. He's, top, top two. Yeah, top he, three. He's four. I'll say three. If I, he had a slower start to the season. He was fourth on my MVP ballot. If he played like this all year, God, I'd, like, the last thing I needed was, one more person near the top of that ballot. Yeah, right. Great, <laughs> that was great, great, great point. Yeah, but no, he, he. I think from you know, and I'm. I completely give him a pass for coming in a little out of out of, out of sorts. You know, he 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 put a ton of minutes in for the Slovenian. He carried them team. to the four. Yeah. Remember, they finished yeah. fourth. They almost medaled. Yeah, yeah. They, they made it to the a, medal game. <laughs> that was something. Um, and so he basically got zero off zero point zero off season. And uh, not a surprise to see him start slow. Cool to see him finish the way he did. Um, but for him to progress to where we know his ceiling is as a player, I, he desperately needs, uh, you know, a playoff run. It's got to be more than one round. And the fact that he's going to miss the first three, four games of the series is is just it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you need him out there. Yep. The basketball series that every basketball insider is excited about, like Minnesota and Memphis might end up, well, it's because it's got John Morant, maybe not. I was about to say it becomes the NBA TV series, maybe maybe not, the the honorary Atlanta Hawks in NBA TV series, but maybe not with John Morant. That said, I'm not sure it draws the excitement of some of these, but it's going to be fun, man. Two up-and-coming teams, Cat, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Anthony Edwards. Like, I expect to be wholly entertained by this series. I'm just not sure the Timberwolves can win it. Yeah. Dead on read. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to get a more, like, um, the Grizzlies also fit a mold of a team we've seen a lot over the last handful of years. It's been a while since we've seen one this good, this fast of a breakout, right? I think the last analog you could probably point to is when Steph Curry really emerged for um, the Warriors in what was that, 2013, 14 time window? Yeah. Where all of a sudden they went from lottery team to like, oh, they have a foundation here that is awesome, right? Like that's the feeling I get about the Memphis team. Like, if we flash forward three years, are we going to be yeah. like, man, this team, you know, who is going to beat Memphis? Like they're the proverbial favorites year in, year out. Like I won't be surprised. Like they have a ton of capital. They have a really good young nucleus, but they've won and done nothing in the playoffs. And yeah, so I think I think you have to learn how to win in the NBA. And the other thing that with, with this team specifically is, they're a pretty mediocre half court offense. And we said that about the heat, but I, yeah. I've seen Jimmy Butler, right? Like I, I can see the path. I'm not sure that as much as I love John Morant and, and that roster, I think they have to be a little better in the half court. And I think that this is the season they learned some lessons, right? I still think you have to kind of learn how to win and you can transfer. 
you can be the 2008 Celtics or Chris Paul coming into the Suns, and you can bring knowledge with you, but you got to pick it up somewhere. And I just don't think they've picked it up yet. Yeah, yeah. You know what that reminds me? This reminds me a lot of actually um, when Jokic first took the leap, and the Nuggets finished second in the West. Yeah, uh, that year, and they drew a Spurs team that they were clearly better than. <laughs> <laughs> But they took them seven, <laughs> and yeah. it was all about the inexperience on the Nuggets side. They just they didn't really have the because it, it takes it takes time. Even if you have a very good coach, it takes time to just learn how to win a series. Yeah, um, I kind of referred to it earlier as like j- the Jazz were solved, right? Yeah. Well, a playoff series, a best of seven series where your your opponent is the same, nothing really changes game in game out over a best of seven. You have to come up with the adjustments that get you that advantage if it's close. And this series is closer than uh, you know than the, than the Grizzlies would probably like. I mean, the Timberwolves are a really talented team. They ha- also have a lot of really good young players. They don't have any playoff experience to speak of, really. But it doesn't change the fact that this you know that that on any given night the Timberwolves can you know they can. Uh, you know, put up a really, really tough fight. Just ask the Clippers. I mean, yeah. Pat Beverly, not a guy you want to play. <laughs> he is no. a very tough guy to play against. Uh, Anthony Edwards certainly looks like he can walk the part of like a big moment. Can he? That was a. Something? I think that was a huge leap. I mean, yes, it's just a play-in game, but the way he stepped up when Carl Anthony Towns was game planned out of that it was was huge. All right, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree, and. Uh, and realistically, I think, um, you know, if if you told me out of the f- series we know, one of these is going to go the distance, what, you know, what's it going to be? I, I Memphis, Milwaukee has to be in the discussion. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a this is going to be a hard fought series, I yeah, think. Right. And the betting market was not as. Uh, you know, not as high on Memphis as I thought they were going to be. Hmm. Um, Memphis got a ton of respect game by game down the home stretch. Like they were massive favorites in a bunch of games where you would have thought they would be kind of, you know, just decent respect, but they were getting big time respect. And yet they opened in like the minus 300 range against the Timberwolves, which was surprising. I thought we were going to see like five minus 500 ish or so. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think this is going to be a really competitive one. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Well, Drew, thank you for doing this and jumping in and talking. This is again uh, Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports Edge, who had the bad beat of picking Clayton Kershaw to throw a perfect game and then watching him get pulled <laughs> in the seventh <laughs> inning. That's a he'll get it next time. I'm sure. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure those things come around all the time. <laughs> next time. Yeah, out, we're both out here in Southern California. There was. There was some animosity. Was <laughs> what was that about? I, man. I, I get the pitch count thing, but they're ha- uh, perfect game, man. Got to, anyway. Um, yeah. uh, we'd love to do this again down the line. This was fun. And, and uh, everybody, again, you can find him. You Walk me through this. A, it's, I believe, Whale Capper is the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Underscore my, Twitter, my, Twitter. my Twitter handle goes back to the days when I was not in media and I was just an anonymous guy posting numbers and bets. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's at whale underscore capper. And uh, you guys have a morning show every morning or a, a, a number of mornings a week at NBC Edge. Yeah, daily uh, daily pod over for NBC um, Sports Edge called 
at the edge. Uh, the, the lovely Sarah Perlman is our host. Um, she's a pros pro. She's, great host. she's great host. And, yeah. and, and I take some of her betting advice too. She's like, she's smart yeah. about it. Like she's really yeah. smart on this stuff. Yeah. She's, she follows very, very closely and, uh, and yeah, she'll have some good prop, uh, prop plays for the playoffs. I'm sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'd, uh, you can either watch us live on YouTube and chat along. We get a lot of good questions. There's some people who come and drop their own tips in there and, you know, give betting advice and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, we, uh, we go up in podcast form as well. So that's, uh, that, that is, uh, the, the, um, the daily ex- ex- exercise that, uh, is a lot of fun, uh, talking betting. All right, cool. Well, thank you for doing this. We'll talk again soon and everybody we will be back next week, uh, Dan Feldman and or I with uh, probably some basketball games to talk about. So I imagine we'll be doing a little of that next week. Thank you. Best time of the year. It is. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.